0: Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount at United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. lesson and sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. We are in the 24th chapter. We're going to take a look at verses 36 through 44. So again, this is Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44. Hear now the words of our Savior Christ Jesus. Will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. And will not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Amen. Friends, a few weeks ago I came across a post on social media. I can't remember exactly which account it was, which organization it was, but it was one that was dedicated to church life. And the post was one of those where they wanted to get responses down in the comment section of that particular post. The question was this. What phrase does your preacher use over and over again? What phrase does your preacher use over and over again? Now, honestly, this brought me some measure of comfort. Because I do realize that I have a tendency to go back to phrases time and time again. You and I talked about this a number of sermons ago and I blamed it on my sports and coaching background and the tendency for coaches to use phrases over and over to inspire their teams or otherwise get a point across. Y'all remember that? Well, what I thought might be fun this morning is to give you guys a little pop quiz To see what has maybe stuck with you over these last 18 months that I have been your preacher. So I'll start a phrase. And I want to see if y'all can finish it. That sound good? In regards to our identities as the beloved children of God. I say that it is important for us to know who we are and whose we are. are. Y'all got that one? In regards to our walk with Jesus and the path that we are all on, I tend to borrow a phrase from Eugene Peterson, and I refer to it as a long obedience in the same direction. That's right. In regards to the work that the Holy Spirit does inside of each and every one of us as we turn more and more of our lives over to Him, I like to say that the Holy Spirit both straightens us and strengthens, strengthens us. Oh, good. Here's the last one. In regards to working out our salvation, being assured that we are doing all we can to abide by the vertical commandment to love the Lord our God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And abide by the horizontal commandment to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And to know that when the Lord comes back, or calls us home, that we have done all that we can do. I like to say that if you stay ready, you don't have to Get get ready. It's that last one I want to talk about this morning. (laughs) If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Because it's the perfect one as you and I begin this season of Advent together. Now, Jesus is speaking this morning concerning that day and hour. And he is referring to the day and hour of his promised second coming. It is a date uncertain for us. Uncertain for the angels, even uncertain for Jesus himself, it says here. Because he says only the Father knows exactly when that's going to be. Just like with the flood in the time of Noah, you and I could be found eating and drinking and celebrating special occasions with one another, blissfully unaware of what is going on around us as he returns. He says there will be two men in the field, One taken, one left. Two women grinding at the mill, one taken and one left. Although he doesn't say which one it is preferable to be here, does he? (laughs) Unlike when he speaks about the wheat or the chaff, or sheep or goats, he doesn't tell us if it's better to be the one left here or taken. Now, our human psyche has established that being left behind is the bad scenario. Whether that's due to Christian understanding of rapture, which didn't come about until the 1830s with John Darby. Or the left behind series of books and videos which were popular a few years ago. Being the one who turns around and sees your companion gone has, for us, been meant to be the beginning of misery. But friends, I think that's to insert something into what Jesus does not say right here. I mean, yeah, you can make biblical cases about what happens at the end times, can include a going up to meet Jesus as he descends, but Jesus ain't teaching about that here. What Jesus is talking about is how we cannot know when the Lord will come, and he could simply be reminding us that we're going to be living our lives and going about our business day after day after day until he returns. But he does make a distinction between two sets of people and then we are told that we must stay awake which must obviously mean there has got to be then a right way and a wrong way of going about our lives and business doesn't it the right way seems to be to take that little bit of knowledge we have been given and use it in our preparations, just like the master of the house Given knowledge that the thief is coming applied that knowledge and was prepared for what was going to happen just like that so must you and I apply the knowledge that we have been given about the second coming of Jesus. Therefore you must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Friends we are told right here get ready and not just here. I read this week that second coming references outnumber first coming references in the Bible by 8 to 1. By 8 to 1. There are 1,845 different biblical references to the second coming of Jesus. In the Old Testament, 17 books mention Christ's return. 23 of the 27 New Testament books talk about it. Seven out of every ten chapters in the New Testament, or one out of every 30 verses in the New Testament, refer to Jesus' return. You want to talk about a gift. I mean, certainly the most important gift you and I are ever going to receive, without deserving it, without earning it, is the grace and mercy and new life given to us by faith in Jesus. But man, this one, this knowledge, this promise, That he's coming back and he's telling us because he so desperately wants all of us to get it together so that we are ready when he returns. Telling us so that we can be in a relationship with him and so we can look forward to that day that he returns. Doesn't this just scream hope? That today, this day, right now, this moment, it's not too late any of us. Stay ready. You don't have to get ready, which again makes this the perfect message for Advent. That name comes from the Latin adventus, which means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. The arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. And all of us know what notable person, Thing or event we're talking about, which is why, in about two weeks, if not earlier, when you bump into one of your buddies at Piggly Wiggly or Dollar General or up the beach and you begin these casual conversations, somewhere in that conversation is going to be this question So, are you ready for Christmas? In it. And if you're like me, the reply I usually like to give is, well, it's going to come whether I'm ready or not. When you're asked, are you ready for Christmas, what does that mean? Well, it means that are you prepared for whatever it is the season looks like for you? If it's cooking a big meal, it's making sure you have all the ingredients and groceries that you need. <clears throat> if it's entertaining, it means making sure you have all the drinkware and plates and napkins and food and drinks and music that you need. If it's sending out Christmas cards, making sure you have all of those and all the addresses. If it's getting, getting presents and it's making sure that you've made your lists and you're getting to the stores or on Amazon early enough to get everything that you want to get. It's getting trees and wreaths and lights and getting all of it ready so when it comes time for our celebrations, there are no last-minute worries or concerns. It's above all things being intentional, making the time, doing the thing. Staying ready so you don't have to get ready. Now, if I take that phrase, are you ready for Christmas? And change it to, are you ready for Jesus? Then my answer is coming whether I'm ready or not doesn't really change. Because ready or not, he's coming. And so we need to be ready. Ready? And we get ready in the same way as mentioned before about getting ready for Christmas except for one deletion, friends. It's not about doing the things. It's not about doing the things. It's not about our level of performance, but instead on faithfully and thankfully responding to our relationship with God. It is very much about being intentional and very much about making the time. And just like with the various ways we celebrate Christmas, Your intentionality and your making the time to enter into and grow in your relationship with Jesus is going to look different depending on where you are. As you and I gather this morning in this sanctuary and watching us online are those that are seeking Jesus. Are those that have forgotten about Jesus. Are those that know about Jesus but don't really know Jesus are those that have a relationship with Him that needs to go deeper. All of us, friends, can do more and make more time and be more intentional about our relationship with God. It starts with repentance and believing in the good news of Christ Jesus. And from there, we respond in faith and thankfulness with what John Wesley refers to as acts of piety and acts of mercy. He taught that the complete Christian must have a well-rounded spiritual life. And sometimes that means tending to your own soul. And sometimes that means tending to and serving others. Acts of piety, we all know this. This is reading the Bible, going to church, daily devotion, small groups, Sunday school, daily habits of prayer and receiving communion are what you and I might call personal holiness. Acts of mercy are things like offering comfort to others, volunteering and serving in this community and visiting the sick, what you and I might refer to as social witness. And these are things, friends, you and I should be involved in every day. Every day. Again, not because we think we can work our way into heaven, but because our faith in Christ Jesus compels us to do these things. What one thing? What one little thing? As we start this new season in the church year, can you start for the first time to get closer to Jesus? What habit that you used to do, that now you can't get to because you're too busy, what habit do you need to go back to to get closer to Jesus? Intentionality, friends. Let me give you an example. Back when I was still practicing as a lawyer, I had a guy coming to my office. I didn't know that when he came in, he was a preacher, but I sure knew by the time that he left. As we were going through his loan papers, he looked at me and asked if I was saved. Now, this startled me a little bit, and in my confusion, I said, saved from what? He said, do you believe that you have been saved from your sin so as to spend eternity in heaven? And when I said yes, he wanted to know how I knew, and how I could be so sure. I think he was a Baptist. (laughs) I said, well, according to Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, for by the grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, but as a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. My faith is that I believe that Jesus is God, that he came to earth, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the grave, and he offers forgiveness and new life for all who believe, and I believe. He paused for a minute and sat back in his chair. Now, before you all go being all impressed, do know that, thankfully, I had just come off a weekend at Asbury Seminary taking a class on... <laughs> evangelism and faith I I, I had that one kind of in the holster ready to go anyway but it's the next part of what he said that I still replay over and over he said hey do you go to church in Sunday school again ways that you respond in faith and thankfulness for the gift that you've been given I said well we try to get to church on most Sundays we don't get to Sunday school very often He said, why don't you go to Sunday school and church every Sunday? I said, well, sometimes we might be out of town. Might have been out late on Saturday. Sometimes we just like to stay in. And honestly, it's hard sometimes to get there on time, so we just stay home. That piqued his interest. Hard to get there on time. He said, what time do you open your office? 8, 8.30? What time you got to get up to get here on that time? Or by that time? I said, about 6.30 every morning. What time does Sunday school and the church start? <laughs> Sunday school's about 10, worship's by 11. He said, so you get up at 6.30 a.m. five days a week to be here by 8.30, but find it hard to get up to go somewhere once a week that starts at 11? I didn't have an answer for that. Now understand, I don't tell that story to try and guilt anybody into coming here more often than they do. That's not the intent. Things happen, I get it. There's no perfect attendance award in heaven. But I tell it because it does make a good point about the need for intentionality, the need for effort and the need to make Jesus Christ the main thing in all of our lives. In reality, each and every day, all year round, should be Christmas, where Jesus comes into our hearts and minds afresh and anew and a little bit more day after day after day, and then in turn, at the same time, we turn more of our lives over to the Holy Spirit more and more day after day after day, so He can... Straighten us and strengthen us. So, this morning, friends, what is that thing for you? Is it Sunday school? Is it worship? Is it Bible study? Is it prayer? What do you feel you need to do to feel the peace, joy, strength, comfort, grace, mercy, and love of Jesus? Whatever it is, let me help you. You want to serve in the community? Let us help you get plugged in. As we start Advent together, what area of your life do you need to make ready for the coming King? Because He's coming, friends. We need to be ready. And if we stay ready, we don't have to In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.